everyone, this episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium in Hollywood, California. It's at Hollywood and Highland. You know it as the crossroads of entertainment. Why do you know it? Because I've said that's what it is. Uh, if you're looking for something to occupy your time while you're visiting the great city of Los Angeles, specifically Hollywood, California, let's say you've seen Grommens, you've put your hands in George Lucas's fingers. Well, let's just make it. William Shatner. He's out there. <laughs> is he in front of Grommets? Yeah. Ooh. The cast is. Uh, so let's say you do that. And then you're like, well, okay, I did that. Now what do I do? I'm pretty bored. Well, well there was something where I could see oddities and uh, strange. There is, Andy. Look no further than the Ripley's. Aspects of humanity and history. Believe it or not, auditorium. Really? <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a buy one, get one offer to Star Trek The Next Conversation. Listeners, if you go after 5.30 p.m. and you mention this very podcast, you will be granted admission into the auditorium for a mere $20 for two people. That's a buy one, get one offer. So do it. The Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium in Hollywood, California. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Andy, I don't really know if I'm going to put that together or not, but just in case, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. I'm Matt. Um, Andy. Uh, we don't know what this feels like. Is this how we do it? Is Do I cut both these parts off and we just slap it together for one big episode? You don't know. I don't know. This is crazy. It's so hard. To I feel like we're fathom. in a time rift. The we only are... thing I can say uh, that's advantageous to you guys is we're fully oh, warmed up. Hang on, Andy. No one's... No one's here. I forgot to bring them back in. Oh, no. Sorry, guys. Yeah, there's hot tea out there. Those people Just are go ahead very mad at us as They're they walk through cold. the hallway. I understand. You'd, lo- you'd understand that had you heard the saucer section. That might not exist. <laughs> there was, I got to say, this was a good week. There was a lot of good stuff in there. <laughs> there was a lot of stuff in there. Andy, <laughs> you removed an important word. <laughs> You removed the word good. Oh, boy. It is time to talk about the TNG episode, Brothers. Very good. Which, as I said in the previous maybe different podcast, Mm -hmm. I think you should watch it. Did you? For a couple of reasons. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, I gave some reasons. Yes. Most of them cool. A lot of them awesome. Some of them dumb. Here's the other thing. If if he separates the saucer section, and we're not sure if he's going to, then... uh, I'm just checking on you, Andy. Oh, I'm sure I you're not going to I beam you into space at the end of the last episode. I had and I four mini like, pies this afternoon, I see, guys. Oh, I see three. Mm. Oh, no. Oh, there's four. Yeah. Uh, s'more, that's s'more. Huh? That's right. <laughs> Can you guess what the others were? Key lime. Of course. And uh, I don't know. What else was there? 
It was an apple. Oh, cool. And what was the last one? Oh, it looks the, like the pretzel, uh, pretzel chocolate, pretzel caramel. chocolate caramel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, buddy. We can close that back up. There we go. Now that we're done with our sound effect portion of the show. Um. All right. So this is Brothers. It aired the week of October eighth, nineteen ninety. You know what I liked about the last two weeks of our show, Andy? What's that? Is we were almost we're 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 like two weeks ahead of the air schedule, or behind the air schedule. Oh yeah, this you is know, twenty eight years, almost twenty eight years to the week. You know, uh, Rob Garrison, Chief Petty Officer Command Robert Command Chief Petty Officer Robert Garrison. Didn't you command, say he was a master sergeant. Command Master Sergeant Chief Petty Officer Garrison. There's a I'm lot sorry. happening there, Mr. He'll Garrison. tell me all those things are in there. I don't Sir? know what order they're in. Thank you. Uh, anyhow, uh, he um, he suggested we we wait a week, one more additional week, and our off week. So that we would be linked up with the exact oh, anniversary of very uh, smart. Best of Both Worlds Part Two. This is the only season that they will it would remotely sync up. Um, Actually, we're gonna catch them. It'll all go apart. It'll all, it's all gonna go apart because we don't really take weeks off, and they they had off weeks. Oh right, yeah. Like eventually, Thanksgiving. We would be and, well, we will be taking. For the record, everybody, there will be a break. There will be no episode on Thanksgiving week. Oh, is that true? Uh, well, well, there'll be one for that week, like that Sunday night before Thanksgiving. It'll go up, right? But the following Sunday, it's not going to happen. Oh, interesting! Just because we are much, much like a McDonald's, we do close two days a year, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the Christmas. I don't know McDonald's closes on Thanksgiving, is it? Uh, I feel like in Massachusetts it did. Oh, interesting. Um, and then uh, Christmas also will be off that week, but. Uh, that's because you should be with your families, not listening to 90 hours of podcasting. I want to go back east, probably. Andy, I bet you won't. To the homeland. You're you think not going to do it. No. Why? You're Why gonna, wouldn't you're I? You're going to like not book in time, and then you're going to look at the price, and you're like, no. That does sound Think like of the me. aggravation. You'll be like, well, I don't want to get an argument. So true. That's all I'm going to do. Yeah. The food's okay. Right. Although I do like that something that someone makes. But you know what? It's going to be a hassle. Busiest day of the year to travel. Oh, boy. I don't know what to do. I don't have a jacket. It's too cold. This is unsettling. And uh, you're going to go, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? <laughs> and I'll go, I don't know. I might go to Vegas. You'll go, really? What's that like? Are is you it good? Is Vegas good on Thanksgiving? Um, hang on. I'm being Andy for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> you're really doing an effective job. <laughs> You know it's you know what's disturbing, particularly about the uh, the agonizing. Yeah, is that it's doubling up on the agonizing that's already in my head. So now I have two of me coming at me. <laughs> <Sekunda! laughs> um, Matt. Yes, Andy. Do you want to talk brothers, about this? The week of October eighth, nineteen ninety, directed by Rob Bowman and written by Rick Berman. This was started four four zero eight five point seven. And Andy, tell us what was happening in the world during. That week, what was the number one song in the country? It was good, and it was George Michael's "Praying for Time." <laughs> Wait, hang on—is that your? Who is who is editorializing? No, I can't put that on Matt Kirk. That one's me. <laughs> I just assumed it was good. I actually don't remember which one that was. "Praying for Time." George I Michael don't. was a talented fellow. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. The late great George Michael. You know what? I'll save him too. Uh, here we go. Save him. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, in last in the podcast, in the Saucer Section podcast, I uh, said that it was only a shame that um, 
who was dead? Someone was dead, and I was like, ah, it's a real shame they're dead. Hervé Villages? Hervé Villages. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it wasn't Hervé Villages. No? It was somebody else that I was like, ah, you know what? I'll save him. Everyone else, I'm fine with them. Being I dead. didn't catch that part. Yeah. This is quite good. We're separating them because I can think back fondly on the thing you heard two days ago or heard it half an hour ago. Anyhow, was it uh, in the UK? Show Me Heaven by Maria McKee maintained his popularity. Hocus Pocus by Kurt Vonnegut was still a bestseller. And get a little of this. Marked for Death starring Steven Seagal took the top spot at the box office. I never knew that. Well, he's, you know, this is the 90. 90- 1990 to 1992 phase where he could open a movie. Wow. You know, remember like you're your under siege deuce. You're uh, this movie. Was under siege the one on the the ship? They did train boat. One and two. And I don't remember which was which. Huh. That also could be entirely wrong. But you know the beauty of a podcast and you're just talking freewheeling with your buddy? Yeah. Someone's going to email you to tell you you're wrong. It's true. I'm looking it up now anyway. Um, anyway, uh, blah, 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 blah. You, you don't like any Israeli of that news? F- No, I was just trying no. to find my way back to it. Palestinian and Israeli forces clashed during the Temple Mount riots, leaving 20 Palestinians dead near the Dome of the Rock in Jerusalem. Uh, sorry to bring everybody down. George Strait is named Entertainer of the Year at the 24th uh, Country Music Association Award Ceremony. CMAs. Mainland China opened its first McDonald's. Uh, how ap- apropos wow. in Shenzhen? Is oh, that the no. name of the Shenzhen? Is that the original ship? Oh no! Is that oh, the no. Um, Time Magazine's cover featured a toddler with the caption, "Do we care about our kids? The sorry plight of America's most disadvantaged minority: its children." Speaking of children, it's really what George is getting to here. You know, praying for all God's children. I don't remember this one. I said it was a good one. I actually yeah, don't remember. It, it actually I just assumed it, be it had to be catchy. Of all of George Michael's songs, this is not a great one. It's not a good one. Sorry, George. Can I get a little George Michael palate cleanser here, everybody? Here, just hang on. I just have to. Here we go. Now, this is not the number one song. I just needed a little George Michael goodness. Oh, yeah. His guilty feet. They're guilty because he's not going to dance again. Because he could dance, but he's not going to. That's why? And he's got no rhythm. Isn't it? I don't know. Hmm. Are we ever going to know the answer to that? I guess not. Unless maybe maybe one of the other guys from Wham can tell us. Well, this isn't Wham. This is George Michael. I know, but they might have had a conversation. (laughs) I don't think they did. I mean, did they hate each other after they were done? The conversation was probably... That's the greatest saxophone hook since Baker Street. Did he write his stuff, or was it? Yeah, he was a songwriter. Oh, good for him. But did he write "Careless Whisper"? I assumed so. Andy, that's a question that I'm going to have to ask our assistant here, Batman on a horse. <laughs> uh, not answering. This that would be great to have a person that's around to do that shit. That's true. Uh, well, maybe we'll have it soon. Someday. The people that have tuned in to just get to the episode. I've uh, played this song for that long. It's so annoying to me. I'm so sorry, everybody. Anyway, thank you, George Michael, for being great. Oh, get a load of this. This yeah. ties into my other comment. Uh-huh. Uh, it was written uh, by George Michael and his 
I lost that piece of it. That's okay. It written, written by uh, a guy from Wham with him. The first best sax solo in music, or sax hook. Here it is. Band, bandmate Andrew Ridgely. Oh, okay. So that was a Wham song? No, it was a George Michael song. No, he's just written by a Wham uh, bandmate. Oh, guys, I hope you're ready for the next best sax riff in music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How do we get onto this? Well, I had called the ne- uh, the careless whisper sax part <laughs> oh the second best sax part in music, and then I called this the first. I think, I think you're making an argument for the saucer section, because now you're wasting <laughs> their time in two different podcasts. No, I'm not, because here it is, guys. A boy's practical joke backfires, leaving his younger brother dangerously ill, but as the ship rushes towards a nearby star base... With the medical facilities the boy needs to survive, Data inexplicably malfunctions. The android isolates himself on the bridge to change course. It turns out that Data has been automatically and unknowingly called home to the lab, but the world of the lab world. That doesn't make any sense. It's not an entire planet of laboratory. Uh, Dr. Noonien Sung. Sung has at last perfected an emotions chip for Data, but the android and his creator both surprised when Lord, Data's older brother, who has left to drift in space some years earlier, responds to the same signal. Lord disables Data and tricks Sung into installing the chip into him, then goes on a rampage, fatally injuring the doctor. Help arrives, but Sung insists on being left behind after Lore escapes. The young boy is rushed to a starbase and received medical care, leaving Data to ponder the emotions he could have had his late father, and the strange bond between him and his brother. Way to write a script, Rick Berman. Oh, I thought it was him. It was indeed. Well, Andy, here we go. Let's listen to this captain's log. I like when the ship's already at full warp. It's it's rare, isn't it? Yeah. Usually they're doing some friggin' charting or some shit. Gas by charting anomalies. Captain's log, stardate 44085.7. Due to a medical emergency, we have been forced to cut short a two-day liberty on Hogus 2 and set course for Starbase 416. It seems a young man's practical joke has come dangerously close to a lethal conclusion. This is a crazy opening. It's fucking bonkers. It's completely crazy. I was almost almost not sure, like, is this a weird holodeck thing? Or is it going to be something of, like, the kid is actually some crew member we know and it's playing out some weird scenario? Like, nope. Just a weird subplot with a kid. Also, like, the subplot, the idea that, like, it is up to Riker to be the disciplinarian of this person, of this child, it's crazy. And then he has to be brought to the observation lounge? Yeah. Is that to scare him, or do you think it's to not build another set? Maybe it's the only room they had signed out. <laughs> well, Mr. Potts, why don't we start at the beginning? We were at the arcade, sir, and, and I brought this one with me filled with red pillion dye. You see, Willie's always making fun of me. I figured I'd get him back. Hey, hey, slow down. Issue I number one. Just keep going, kid. His brother's like nine or something. And how no, old he is. This kid seems like he's like a. I think they say later in the scene how old the, the brother is. Well, thank the, God, because that other kid... The brother that, is substantially younger than him. Agreed. So it's interesting that he's like, my brother was making fun of me. It's like, I'm an older brother. Get suck him it back up. by making him think I died. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's bananas. We, we programmed the game for an ordinary laser duel. Mm-hmm. You know, 21 points, four points for us. I'm familiar with the game. Go on. That is Riker. With the utmost confidence. And what he's saying to that child right there is, oh, I'm familiar with the game. 
I can kick your ass anytime you want. <laughs> I'm the best is. laser tag player on the ship. 21 points, no problem. <laughs> Bring it! I'll teach you something. We went out to the forest behind the East Arcade. I, I told Willie that his laser pistol looked kind of funny. Almost like a real one. So this is a holodeck when I went behind simulation? The trees, I put the balloon into my vest. No, no, no. They're, they're on the planet Lip that they were just oh, on. Oh, I see. And two day liberty at blah blah blah. Osaka I also find it seven. I it, think they were at an actual arcade. I know it's a fascinating uh, clash of futury and and uh, in the you know and the past. In that there are there even arcades anymore? I think there are, and I think a are lot they of them, called arcades? Oh, you mean currently in yes. today's modern era? Yeah, there's yeah. No, it's Dave and Buster's, brah. But they don't call it an arcade. Chuck it's just Cheese? Dave and Buster's. Come on, those are just franchises. Where the arcade down in Santa Monica Pier. That's a different kind of arcade, and that almost feels like what he's sort of saying. I think that's saying. what he's describing, right? No, I think he's saying because they're uh, they're applying it to people of that era of a video arcade. That's what I'm imagining. A video game arcade. Yeah. But down on Santa Monica Pier, that's like an old-timey, quote, arcade. Yeah, but it has video games. But that's not, what, that's not why they call it an arcade. What is happening to my brain right now? You're melting it. All right, let me look at it. No, up. no, no. I'm talking about the physical... You know how they have... I know what you're saying regarding... Yes. Okay. Because there's the arcade, which you can find in, like, Pasadena, uh-huh. where you walk down a covered place that has multiple stores on either side. Right. That's an arcade. Right. Uh, the, England has them all over the place in London. Um, and then there's the arcade that you would see, say, uh, a T-1000 looking for John Connor in. That is another <laughs> arcade. Right? Right. So I think Rick Berman, when he's writing this, is thinking of that kind of arcade. Right. That also has a laser tag situation. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But We're on I, the same page. It's funny that that's so retro in the TNG episode. Oh, I didn't think of it as retro. Because those arcades still exist. Not to the extent they did. But I like the idea that there's an arcade still. What are we talking about? I guess I'm just saying it felt to me like what I would have said as a boy going I want to go to the arcade and uh, where was the closest arcade to you in, I know in, there's in one in fancy, Times in fancy New York City there's one in Times Square that was terrifying oh <laughs> and, um, guys if you've ever seen Taxi Driver that's the New York Andy it Carolla. really was now it's now it's a now it's a freaking Disneyland but when I was a kid like I, it didn't stop me because I was a, an obsessive nerd and I couldn't stop putting quarters in machines. Wasn't but. that sort of the... Um, have you ever beaten an arcade game to completion with a bunch of quarters? I never had enough quarters. I, I don't know it. where the kids had, went who... I don't know where they got their quarters from who could do that. I did it once. But you must have sunk a tremendous amount of money into that machine. I don't know. It couldn't have been more than $20, which is a tremendous amount of money for a kid, but I was... It was at... Um, my parents and I, this was, there was a great period of time in my life, Andy, mm-hmm. where um, my siblings, who are all much older than me, seven years is my nearest, uh, my brother is seven years older than me. Okay. Uh, and then eight years and then 12 or 13 years. All right. Right? There was a little sliver of time where I was the only child. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was brought, my parents, would, we would go on good vacations. We went to Disney World. And I was the only kid. Oh, wow. And my parents were like, wanted to do a day at the hotel at the Port Orleans French Quarter. And, uh, terrible. I like Port Orleans. 
Oh, I we I stayed in a uh, in a in whatever the hotel was on the river, and it should have been great. Port Orleans Riverside. Yes, and with the uh, with my uh, there's a my Riverside in the French Quarter, and it was just crappy and terrible. We moved, immediately moved to the Beach Club, which was wonderful. Well, it was joyous to me as a child. Sorry, I liked it. All right, I've stayed there a couple times. Anyway, long. Again, my new catchphrase. Long story short, <laughs> the, lead, the most the most ill used phrase for a podcast <laughs> or a conversation. I ever. Uh, <laughs> I spent the uh, day beating the Punisher arcade game. Oh, I think I remember that. Yeah, Kingpin was the big boss. Oh, that's nice. It's a good time. Yeah. I beat it though. I reached the end of the game, and I was like, I didn't really know arcade games could end. Yeah. Oh, that was the only one. It's the only one I've ever beaten. So you are the Punisher. I've done it. Back to this dumb dumb's arcade. Then you made your nine-year-old brother believe that he'd killed you. It was hilarious, sir. Then he ran away? Yes, sir. And while he was hiding, he ate the fruit of a cove palm. It was just a joke, sir. I didn't think this was going to happen. Are you aware of the infectious nature of the parasites which inhabit the cove palm? I I am now, sir. Allow me to show you this. It's called Shades of Grey. Terms that I agreed to keep you boys on the Enterprise when your parents went on sabbatical. That, that we'd stay out of trouble, sir. To Data? On my way, sir. Think about it, Mr. Potts. And while you're... Um, interesting bit of like, okay, well, if we have these kids' parents, these are other characters we're going to have to introduce. Uh-huh. we got to have a reason Riker's talking to them. Uh, put them on sabbatical. Sabbatical. Can you in space. like? Could you imagine <laughs> your parents leaving you on your warship? Like you are, par- your parents are both naval officers. Especially, right? especially imagine this. Especially Andy. months after the Borg almost destroyed it. <laughs> imagine this. You're you're you and your sister, right? Yeah. Your parents. For, let's pretend your parents are in the navy. Okay. And there's a, they do a large. There's like a, let's call it an aircraft carrier size ship. Yeah. All of a sudden, the Navy's like, "We're explorers now, and we're going to leave. Uh, we're going to leave. Uh, where families are allowed to come on board." And there's a moment where your fam, your parents are like, "Okay, guys, we need a break. So you're going to stay on the aircraft carrier." I can see my parents doing, <laughs> and that. we are out of here for an undisclosed amount of time. It's I've talked to the uh, first officer, and he said he's going to look after you. Doesn't he have a lot of other things to do? No, no, it's going to be fine, Andy. Um, this kid, by the way, who I think is great. I got to tell oh, you, for all really? my you I thought he was, was not good. Oh, I thought he really is. A, it's a measured performance for a kid actor. The scene They're usually the, completely overacting. Uh, the turbo lift scene is where I was so like, when he's no, like, no. It's like, do you know what this does? I, I do now, sir. Like, it's really nice. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, yeah, sure. the turbo lift scene is a lot. We're but anyway, oh wait, parents. I gotta. They've been made fully aware. Now. Did you know him from something? Uh, oh, I did. Should I not? Uh, oh, well, then you I, shouldn't. I, I, should, I should only play it. You're right. I yeah. should only play it if I know the guy. Um, so he was in... Uh, f- screw you, computer. Um, yeah, yeah. The computer. Oh, shut up. That does all the right things when you click where you want to. <laughs> screw you. <laughs> screw you, Matt. Is that what we're at? <laughs> Memories of Me, the Billy Crystal terrible film about having a problem with his father. Um, he was in many episodes of Beauty and the Beast. Um, oh, I married to the mob with Al- with um, Michelle Pfeiffer and Matthew Modine. Also. Remember our Matthew Modine, your big Matthew Modine head, yeah, <laughs> Modehead, um, M- Mode, 
Modern? No need to remember what that was. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with a new one. <laughs> Not a thing that will come up ever again. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, and uh, Erie, Indiana. Did you ever watch oh, any of that? Oh, Erie, Indiana was so good. Was it good? Was this it like is Twilight the Erie, Indiana Zone? kid? Holy shit. I never saw this. He's only No, he's only in one episode. Oh, okay. That's why I feel better about not recognizing him. Beethoven. And mm, I'm more of a Beethoven second. It's interesting that he went all the way through 2009. It kind of drops off in 93. Oh, Andy. When he's, nice. let's see, 77, 87, wait, 87, 97. Oh, so, yeah. So it's about, yeah. So he, he stops he stops acting. 2016, and he goes off and finishes high school and goes to college. Yeah. And then he and then doesn't comes back. get another thing until 2009. He doesn't decide to. And it's just a voice. Yeah, he clearly decided Discretion, to screw this. Sir. Good. Escort this young man to the quarantine anteroom. Perhaps he could assist us in lifting his brother's spirits. Two minutes into the episode, we've done 22 minutes of podcasting. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think the kid's good. It's it's this it's this scene was what I was like no on this. Fortunately, we are only two days away from Starbase Four One Six, and their laboratory can isolate. Can isolate what, sir? Their laboratory can isolate what, Commander? Sir, sir, I know we made a mistake. For those listening, Data is just twitching. Yes. And looking like he's reading things. I can tell you're angry, but if you're not going to talk to me... What are you going to do, kid? I, I can tell you're angry, but if you're not going to talk to me... <laughs> screw you, pal. Just, just, just buzz off, all right, Data? <laughs> um, I, do li- way, I do like this move here. The kid looking out, yeah. realizing it's the bridge. <laughs> understanding excited? Picard's room, yes. rule of right. no children on the bridge oh, and backing nice. into the turbo lift. Nice. to not be seen. Nice touch. Nice catch, Matt. Yeah. Oh, boy. That robot's mad at me, too. I mean, I'll never be Wesley. How did he get on the bridge? Hmm. I guess if my Doesn't mom even have to wear bad... these stupid outfits anymore. I bet Wesley's mom never goes on sabbatical. Actually, she went to Starfleet Medical for a year. What? Um, Man. So, side note, Noonien sung. 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 Um, to he programs data to just like wherever you are, take the ship and go where I, I want you to go. I, I think it's I like, don't care who it puts in danger. I don't care what happens. Right? Isn't it like a? Yeah, is it like a he get here by any means necessary situation? It, clearly, he's shut down entirely and is just getting the ship to where he's got to go. Because also, what would work is Captain. A homing mechanism has been activated by my creator, Dr. Sung. He's asking that I go to this planet. Well, Data, we're going to Starbase 416. Well, sir, may I take a leave and a shuttle? Yes, I don't think that's a problem. We'll swing back and get you after this medical emergency's over. Thank you, sir. Beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, boop. Warp 4. Whee! I guess he's figuring... Who's figuring what? Sung is figuring... Well, maybe he's... What is he figuring? Nothing. He's not a... He doesn't know... Does he know... He knows he's in Starfleet. He does know he's yeah. in Starfleet. So, yeah, then there's not it's totally logical. Other than he might not have programmed that in originally because he figured, well, what if Data's... Being held trapped captive? Or captive or is with a bunch of jerks? I don't know. Mm. I, everything you're saying makes sense. I'm not buying it. I'll tell you what I am buying. Back so soon, Mr. Data. Before it's the bridge... 
data being a real Captain, silent Steve. Who was the lady who was in charge there? She was just someone covering up. That's a new person at Ops. Seven. Very good, Jody. Let me- Andy's seen a new lady. <laughs> Hang on, where's Wait, the <laughs> sound? <laughs> uh, Andy needs a girlfriend. Yeah. Did you, well, you get course it. Correction. I didn't say we could increase speed to warp 9.1, sir. New course set for heading 341 mark 221. Course set by whom? Not by me, Commander. What's going on? Data who programmed the new coordinates? Warp 9.3, Commander. I don't advise this, Captain. If we're going to maintain our realignment progressions, we shouldn't be pushing warp 8 for at least an hour. Commander. Evacuate bridge. Deck one, life support failure in 30 seconds. Turbulence 234, everyone. Transfer helm to engineering, Jody. Aye, sir. Uh, sir, we could just use the other bridge we have on the ship. You know, in the star drive section. It's called the Battle Bridge? No, no, Jordy. I want to do it from down there. No time. It looks like it's going to be closer to the engine, so maybe it'll respond faster. We were theorizing off-air. We talk about it off-air. It never stops. Um, we were theorizing maybe there was a production reason why they didn't want to build the Battle Bridge set in addition yeah, to the engine. Yeah, I was guessing set. that the stage that they normally would put that set on was being occupied by Sung's laboratory planet. Could be. Let's get a diagnostic sweep underway. Evacuate bridge. Deck one life support. I do like. I like this nod. I like that. I wish this was really happening and this was the procedure, because this is the procedure and it's great. Mm-hmm. Twenty seconds. Reassemble in engineering. Why did nobody else get in the other turbo lift? Evacuate bridge. Deck one life support. Maybe Date is going to the slowest turbo lift because he doesn't need life support. Interesting. Failure in ten seconds. Life support has been terminated. You never see that angle of the horseshoe. I you never, never noticed. By the way, the, the, the grain on the oh, the wood grain. Yeah, I never noticed that. Come before. on, pal, it's always been there, Andy. I don't feel like I've ever seen that angle. Uh, no, this angle is a new angle. I will also say I like the blue alert, which you've never seen before either. Oh, is that what's going on? Our velocity is holding steady at. What does blue alert mean? Apparently, it's a failure of the life support system. You wish to override, Commander? No, not yet. Computer, isolate cause of life support failure. Atmosphere conditioning pumps on deck one are operating in negative mode. How can that be? There are seven independent safety interlocks to prevent that. I also really like that, that there's so many redundancies for the life support on the bridge. Of course, sure. I love it. Captain, I believe we found the problem, but it really doesn't make sense. Bring the Enterprise to a full stop, Commander. Aye, sir. Full stop, Vince. Here, blue alert was an alert signal status on Starfleet vessels and outposts, which called uh, was called for uh, in exceptional situations, including but not limited to environmental hazards to the crew, main power failure, docking and separation maneuvers, and landing protocols for ships with the capability. Love it. Like the Intrepid. It's not responding, sir. I'm going to have to do this at a manual input level, sir. Wes. We're still at the altered heading, Captain. Holding at warp 9.3. Captain, force fields have been established on all main bridge turbolift doors and service crawlways. Computer, locate Lieutenant Commander Data. Commander Data is on the main bridge. What the hell is he up to? Number one, take a security that team up to Data. Damn, to man, Android. Android. Commander. 
Everything's locked up, Captain. We have no control of impulse or warp engines from here. Navigation's not responding either, sir. We got the main bridge. Commander Data, do you hear me? I repeat, he also Data, shuts off the audio like he's being distracted somehow. Computer. Like, why? Recog why does he do that? Or is it because the so frequency is open and when he's doing the thing, he doesn't want yeah, Picard doesn't to hear it? Or maybe he doesn't want it to interfere with when he gives co uh, the code in uh, oh, Picard's here's my, voice. Here's the real problem, everybody. Okay. Okay. Should we buckle up? No. Nope. I think <laughs> we've already been buckled. Okay. <laughs> Come on, Andy. Is this going to be interesting? It's going to be <laughs> Secunda. Okay. The computer. Uh-huh. Taking vocal commands. Okay. From... Picard. Picard. Right. On the bridge. Yes. When the computer knows no, the Captain Picard is <laughs> in point. engineering is <laughs> fucking stupid. Right. There should be redundancies on these kinds of things. Right. And there are. They just needed it to be. I don't know. I really don't know. Not to mention, just even on its simplest level, it just scans the voice and doesn't scan the person to make sure the person is the is connected to the voice. Oh, it would in any other situation, yeah. I assure you. Um, but then the side note is, in a second, he basically gives this endless code mm -hmm. that I'm assuming Picard is the only one who could unlock who should it. know it. No, no, he's making up a code. He's setting the code. Doesn't he have something like the prefix code that only Picard knows? Oh, he only says in his voice, Alpha, whatever. Well, you'll Beta. hear. I'll, sure, we'll go through Lieutenant again. Commander. Alpha One clearance. Priority clearance recognition, Alpha One. Maintain minimum auxiliary power and disengage subspace communication. Why? Why did Sung program him like this? Well, this is why it's just, it's so nefarious. He is on the bridge, sir. Mr. LaForge. By the way, this is now someone we could never have in Starfleet. Because of what he did here. Because of this situation. It's true. You never know. If He's a sleeper some, agent. Some new thing will activate in him, and he'll put everyone in danger. I have a reference I want to make, but I'm not going to. Thanks, buddy. I have a source of separation. Even though Sir, I know you'll never watch it. It's okay. I know she's a Cylon. Oh, I'm aware you. of the risk, Sensen. And the umbilical splits, we should <laughs> regain primary control. Look, I follow Zena's career throughout. Yes. I'm just kidding. The source of module should fall out of warp within two minutes. Be prepared to sweep back. Pull it in with a tractor beam. This is great talk right now. Sure. Separate the saucer section of warp 9-3. We're going to sweep back with the... This is when he should have gone... Wait a second. Jordy. Shouldn't we be on that bridge? <laughs> I, I've been very distracted. Uh, everybody get to the battle bridge. <laughs> Computer. Recognize now this is Data delivering these commands to the bridge of the Enterprise. They're in the... Uh, you're at Science One. That's the station they're at. Andy, you see the pulled out chair that goes into the wall. I sure do. I love it. I Great design. Car. I never noticed John him Luke. before. Alpha 2 clearance. Priority clearance recognition Alpha 2. Cancel separation sequence. Sequence canceled. Isolate all remaining command functions and accept related orders and inquiries from main bridge only. The separation sequence has been aborted, Captain. What order would you do that in? If you were making, if you were making this show, if you were the director of this show, would you have had Patrick Stewart record the line and had Brent Spiner lip sync to it on the set, or would you have had 
Brett do Brent do his uh, Patrick Stewart impression and then have just Patrick do ADR to match it uh, well generally speaking you do the ADR later so you would you would have him do it yeah I'm like wondering who would match who I mean you would have Patrick Stewart match him there you go Thanks, so Andy. Way technical. Recognize Jean-Luc Picard, Alpha 2 priority, and re-establish separation procedure immediately. Orders regarding command functions are no longer accepted from your present location. But look, I'm I'm down here. You you know where I am, right? How do I know that it's you? You just said that. How you know do that I it's know me. that it's you? No, you have my bio scan. You know exactly where I am. You also have that my bio scan. Could be anyone. I understand that, but why do you think it's me upstairs where there is no? I said upstairs. I'm sure there are stairs uh, where there is no organic life whatsoever. Why do you think I'm on the bridge? That person asked for an Earl Grey hot. Mm, that is true. Damn it, <laughs> Jordy, get me up there. <laughs> just what location are they accepted from? Interface terminals on main bridge only. Sucker. You're the only one who has clearance to localize command functions. I know, Wesley. <laughs> uh, it seems Commander Data has acquired it as well. I don't understand. The isolinear subprocessor. It's just because it it thinks it's him, huh? Three point five meters. But doesn't he have I've a? Got a clear path to panel J fourteen Baker. What's that going to do for us? J fourteen Baker backs onto Science Station Two, Commander. Have they reinverted the environmental control sequencer? Yes, sir. Life support has been reestablished. Then you and Casey get up here. Let's get to it. I like this. I really do like this. I really like this, too. The strategizing how to win. Science Station 2. Configure a perimeter mm-hmm. field charge. Sections. Why is, he, why, why is he sitting in the command chair? No reason. <laughs> there aren't buttons there that he doesn't have. Never got a shot. <laughs> I'm K through 12T. Sung programmed him. Yeah. Once you're taking it over, I really want you to enjoy the position. Now, uh, Data, listen, I'm going to talk like the oldest person possible, because <laughs> that's how people act in old makeup. Once it's on, they can't not talk like this. Of course. He says that he didn't know what the, I was reading in uh, Star Trek 365, he didn't know, had no idea, he was just a generic old person, and then he had the makeup on, and the character came to him, said Brent the, Spiner. The that character comes to everyone. <laughs> Old makeup. I feel like he does a good job. He actually does not. He does not do a bad job. He's got so much Jack to do. Certainly better than that guy in Great. Age Jack. of the Seasons, whatever the hell that one oh, was. Oh, the, uh, the, the guy that the got younger and younger. Face. Yeah. Great. I thought, I'm sorry. I stepped over a great fucking Go for it. Frank's line reading. And weirdly comedic beat here. Yeah. What the hell was that? He's activated a force field, sir. Great. Just great. <laughs> great. ADR? Yeah, or do they have grab to, that it has to be. Has to be. Yes, Captain. Have- also, I love that they're like, we'll just shoot up this thing and do so it off. So great. So that, love that's it. good directing right yeah. there. Yeah. Disable the side-to-side transporter function. When we get whatever we're going, I don't want Mr. Data beaming off the bridge. I'll get right to it, sir. I mean, in a way, the only person outsmarting him is O'Brien. That's true. Yes, Captain. Your quarantine intact. So far, sick bay force fields don't seem to have been affected. I'm not sure Dr. Sung has programmed data to kill everyone, so he kept that fine for some reason. Yeah. He's all right. I guess maybe it runs on auxiliary power. It's going to be okay. Like redundancy. But he's not going to stay all right. Sir, we have to get this ship to a star-based medical facility. 
where there are real doctors. Deal with it, guy who doesn't like us. <laughs> that was my music stick. <laughs> oh, come on, I can't believe that. Everybody's played a practical joke on somebody at one time. This or another. scene is crazy to me, and I understand that they have to go to the B plot. But the fact that they would go to this chill B plot scene in the midst of Data taking over the ship is insanity. Do you to think me. that Crusher is aware of what's happening at all? No, I don't think she is. I think they're, I think they're playing her like she's not. But that's crazy based on the fact that well, any she's... other time you need people to know what's going on anywhere else on the ship that's a crisis and of importance, they seem to know instantly, which mm. we've debated Interesting. before. Interesting. Not even a little one? How about April Fools? You could argue that she's just being chill to keep the kid calm. Oh, I think that is. She's doing She's good at, I will say, Crusher's good at bedside manner. Yes. This part is fine to me. I think it's when the kid comes in and has to apologize that it's weird. Oh, you know. It's the most unnecessary thing I've ever seen in a Star Trek episode. That's not true. (laughs) Even on April Fool's Day? What for? It's never funny to the one getting fooled. Oh, so true. But I'm sure your brother didn't intend for it to get this out of hand. Certainly not to the degree it has. Take a deep breath. What's so funny about making someone think you killed them? Good point, kid. He's true. He's the honestly the person who makes the most sense in this episode. He's the most logical character. Should we that be another one? <laughs> uh, so meanwhile, like. Troy's got to walk the kid around like a very confusing situations are happening on this ship right now. Have you been drinking all the water I asked you to? Yes. Well, keep it up. There might be a slight delay in reaching Starbase, and I want... Is that Willie? See? Willie. The kid's name is Willie? Is that the other... Sure. Can I tell him why he's not going to listen it is. to me? Why don't you try, Jake? It's just a waste of time. He won't listen. Computer, prepare to transport me directly to the following coordinates. Site-to-site transport interlocks have been manually deactivated. Ah, suck it, Data. Can you override? Negative. Show me the shortest route to transporter room one. So they know he physically has to go to a transporter room to do it because he can't do site-to-site transport, and he can't even override that because Chief O'Brien is the best. Very smart. Activate cascade force field sequence in the following progression. No matter what we try, the computer will only accept commands from the bridge, sir. He has blocked every subspace channel, sir. We cannot even call for help. Or a pizza. What, Worf? What? Just in case. I'm just saying. I mean, I wanted blood pie. Inputs. We don't even know what's You put blood pie on the pizza. Oh, oh, that's deep dish. The way we'd come out of warp was by looking out a window. Brian to Captain Picard. Go ahead, Chief. Captain, he's up to something. What now? No crap. He discovered the site-to-site lockout. I wouldn't be surprised if he tried to make it to a transporter room now. Mr. Wolf, I want security teams along all the main... He's also ahead of the curve there. Transporter room. Yeah, I agree. So the computer will be good enough to give us the precise stun setting to disable Mr. Data. Yes, sir. I think he's pissed off at the computer. computer. Estimate the time from this location to Starbase 416 at warp 9. 
Inquiries regarding command functions are no longer accepted from your present it's location. Kinda, it is kind of funny and even more insulting. That they're so stupid well, without the say, computer. Th- well, that's also true. But I was going to say that data s- shuts down, that they can't control it. And he says, and no inqui- inqui- inquiries. It's crazy. <laughs> it's really funny and insulting. Duh. Establish a security code for access to all functions previously transferred to Britain. He's asking to it to establish it. Mm-hmm. Establish a security code. So that's so then he does this crazy number but they ha- crack. You don't have to have a security code in order to establish a new security code? Well, he already had Alpha One clearance just by voice imprint. But that is what I'm saying is crazy that, that Picard doesn't one, have seven, a prefix three, four, six, code seven, to overrule three, two, one, this. Four, seven, six, Charlie, three, two, seven, eight, nine, well, he's seven, making seven, it now. Six, four, three, tango, seven, but three. Wh- by the way, do you think that Prince Finder just made these numbers up? Probably had a sense of it, and then and then yeah. made shit up. And then Patrick Stewart had to go. Oh, fuck, really? Okay. Seven three one one seven eight 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 eight. Seven three one one seven eight eight eight. Seven three two four seven six seven eight nine seven six four three seven six. Lock. Secure. I'm sorry. Did you say luck? Lock. Is now. But would you like luck to be part of the code? L- lock. I'm sorry. I don't. I've got to go. Is that the computer? Yeah. <laughs> All specified inquiries and orders. Computer, initiate cascade sequence. Accepting instructions from commander data en route. Now. He's out. Security team. I mean, it's crazy. This this system that he set up here, that this cascading force field system that they will never again really replicate. Which could come in handy the next time they pick up a fugitive who's being chased and altruistically shouldn't be captured. Yeah. This is kind of interesting. First of all, why did none of these people anticipate these shields again and again? Look. Yeah. I don't think this team notified the other team. Probably so the other team looked just as stupid as this team. (laughs) We don't want to be the only ones that walk into these shields. Yeah. I'm going to ask the AD to replace that guy with someone from Andy Secunda's School of Specific Acting. That guy will know how to fall. I, <laughs> I could see you telegraph it, Charlie. Get you me. can't telegraph the shield before you walk into it. Well, sir, it's a it's a it's a force field. It's not just it's not a shield. It's a it's a shield. It's an inside shield. Don't get out of my class. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> uh, hi, uh, I'm I, I'm Frank. I, I I my friend recommended I come here because I'm I'm gonna be an extra next yes. week. Yes. On Star Trek, I'm going to be an extra. Great, yeah. Get I, in there, Frank. Do you know yeah. what? Do you know what your part's? Gonna I do. Be? I do. I'm I'm playing a security officer. All right. And I, it looks like I'm chasing Commander Data through the halls, but it turns out at the halls they have these invisible doors. Yes. You mean, you mean shields? <laughs> <laughs> Is it a shield? No. It's it says. I've just hang on. Let me just. I like you, Frank. It says, it says for it says force 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 it's a shield. Thank you. It's a. It's a, all right. Now walk into the hallway shield. Walk into the hallway shield. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now I'm just gonna go and, and walk I'm just in. gonna like kind of like go. Whoa. No. You're no. No. What is that? Okay, that well, looks like you're doing a dance. You're right. Just, right. Yes. You just. It's like you've walked into an invisible uh-huh, wall uh-huh. that you that you weren't anticipating. You thought you were just gonna walk into the next room, so and then I suddenly just walk like a person who's walking. Yes. And not. Up like a person who's about to hit a door. Exactly. Oh, you understand, Frank. Wow. Yes. Thank you. You really are great. That's going to be $5,000. You got it. I had to ask my mom for this money because <laughs> I moved to Sherman Oaks with a dream. She's very supportive. And uh, quite frankly, I just I thank you. 
Thank you so much. You're, you're welcome. You're just terrific. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit that invisible shield in the hallway so hard. Very good. And he did it. This is him. You look at this, this first guy. Here he is. Oh, Frank, you <laughs> nailed it. You didn't overplay it. Uh, I saw you last week, Frank. Good for you. <laughs> Establish. Why don't they know this? Oh, and why don't guys, they do it to him? Those guys. Those guys. They really they overplayed not, it. They, they did were, not go to yeah. your school. No, of course not. <laughs> Even the other guy Even did the other a, guy. a full black backflip. I like the third guy who's like, yeah, uh, come I don't get to here's, walk here's the school of civic acting class for that guy. Okay. <laughs> in this scene, yeah. you're walking down the hall with two of your security mates, okay? Uh-huh. You guys have been serving on the same ship together for a long time. You're on the same task force. You have the same ship. You guys know everything about each other. You're best friends. Great. I like okay. the backstory. Yes. Okay. Now, what's going to happen is they're going to walk slightly ahead of you uh-huh. because they are going to hit what we like to call here at the Secunda Specific School of Acting a hallway shield. When do I get to meet Secunda? You, but he's not in this week. I'm Matt. I'm his co-school uh, teacher guy. All right. I paid $5,000 for this. Oh, actually, my classes are 6000 Oh Jesus! Yeah, I know terminology like force field. Okay, so what? So what do I do when they fall? Uh-huh. Yeah, they fall. I want you. They're your best friends, right? So I want you to do nothing, okay? But be concerned for their welfare. I don't get to fall. You don't get to fall, but you do get to be concerned. So I get more of an acting moment. You get really like an emotional beat. Should I get down, sort of not fully on my knees, but kind of crouch and kind of like at the same time look at both of them, kind of be like. Hey, what's going on with you guys? You guys okay? Yeah, say, you know what you could do? What? Say to them. Yeah. In your head. Well, not out loud. Say not out loud. Okay. No, 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 in your head. Oh, okay. In your head, what you're looking, you're looking at them and you're saying, Yeah. What are you doing on the floor, guys? There's nothing there. What'd you hit? Oh, like I'm confused. It's clear. It's, uh, I don't see why, I don't see why you guys are on the ground right now. I don't, if I'm on security, don't I know about these door shields? Well, it's your first week back from your memory loss. Can I ask you another question? How come we're Thank not you. stopping the other guy with the door shields? <laughs> I, to was, I think it was a little bit of snark theater. This is scan phase. even more insane that Worf doesn't see it coming. By the way, the fact that Worf's first reaction is to fire a phaser at a force field sure. is so stupid. I wonder what the phaser setting is to take down data. No, no, it's too close. Here's, here's what you do, okay, security team? Yeah. Here's what you do. What? You shoot a fucking phaser into the wall and destroy whatever's emitting the fucking force field. Can you do that? Is that where they keep the emitters? That's what I've decided I can do. All right. Because I am Matt. You sure are. <laughs> I love this. Here comes Riker. Yeah. Surprise! This has gone far enough, Data. Computer, three meter cross seal. I wouldn't advise that, sir. The phase coils don't take well to ricochets. Hmm, because he's the smartest person on the ship. He really is. What's he doing? He's reactivating the site to site transport interlocks. Why is he the only one? Oh, it's because it's, it's transport. Does that mean he'll be able to. By the way, I like to imagine he did not turn off that force field. I do and like starved to death in there. <laughs> I do like in that whole sequence. It's like, yeah, you can't stop a superhuman <laughs> who understands your entire system and works at super speed. 
All right. So here we are. We opened the lab. That. I do he... like that he takes over the whole ship. There were a couple of shortcuts that I think they took with the shields, but I do like that he just instantly f- finds his way back and turns the whole thing around. I like that. It's such a weird thing for, like, Data. I don't know. I don't know about Data. So that it Andy, makes, it, have everyone should him. have been terrified of him after this? Well, I just don't know if we should keep him on board the ship. But he's our friend. I know he's our friend, but did you see what he just did? That is true. Did you see how long the code was that he made up for Captain Picard? That's his greatest weapon, his long, quick codes. I mean, look, I know you and I are just out here in this hallway doing this podcast, but I would quite frankly, I don't, I don't want to beam him back up. He could. I mean, Dwarf says uh, that's too close because he knows he could just run forward and just punch all of their heads off in like a half a second. Oh, that's not why he's saying that's too close. At least in my interpretation is he was saying you cannot fire a phaser that close to a force field. Oh, I see. I like my answer better, even though I think that you're right. Do you think that your answer came from a particular school somewhere? (laughs) I don't know if that's a specific acting tip. I always love that face. Oh, I'm sorry. The double acting. In Go case ahead. you can't hear, Brent Spiner has old makeup on. <laughs> he sure does. Um, really good Please. double Shut effects we were headed for the, the time. Facility. I was taking the boy's brother to sickbay. And I'm sure your starship will be back for you soon. Please, sit down. I must find a way to contact the Enterprise. He's moving like Yoda. Yeah, the the movement is a little bit. Like, he's literally like, his neck is stuck in place. It's a little bit hammy. A little. A little. But I would say, generally speaking, really. I know, there's a couple ways to go. We've seen bad old general. people acting. And I this. think he really does a nice spin on lore, I gotta say, also. I think that lore, even though it's a very arch performance, like, I enjoy the distinctions he's chosen of if Data... Mm was you know all the all the restrictions were removed that he acts like this this sort of crazy eccentric person it's almost like if data had all the restrictions removed he'd take over starships yeah <laughs> it is funny that he's not lore when he does that so and weird. why didn't why did lore have such trouble taking over the starship they didn't know the ins and outs like data did couldn't you have found Comment. it out or downloaded it wait why didn't he download so all the much. information I thought he did. Let's go back and watch. All right. Uh, familiar to you. You do bear a resemblance to Dr. Noonien Sung, the cyberneticist who, <laughs> who constructed me. That's fucking Yoda. He's acting like Yoda. Created you, I did. <laughs> but Dr. Sung was killed. Do you want to hear our thoughts on Star Wars? Listen to the end of the saucer separated pod that may or may not actually exist it could just be at the middle of this one afterward by the crystalline entity (laughs) it's like a swampy planet he's doing this laugh he's just speaking in code it's very yoda like it's true all right there's no argument thank you for backing me up because usually you would be like that's interesting but nothing Uh, there we are this is your lucky day, Data. That's the Jedi text. <laughs> you found your long-lost father, and he's alive. And he what knows how to make s'mores. But the colony was destroyed. There were no survivors. I, uh... I never felt too comfortable living anywhere without a 
prearranged route of escape. I admit, I, uh, I wouldn't have guessed I'd be running from a giant snowflake, but, uh, eh. <laughs> That's the thing where I'm, like, lost on him. But, uh, hmm? The, uh, the little Muppet sounds and the, uh, And the, like, motion uh, and the, like, I'm, a, I'm an old man in the cat skills now. <laughs> it didn't bump me. I hear you. I don't dispute it. It is really you. Captain, the quarantine field in sickbay. You have access is to it. Is Soong a really... Well, transferred force field control to the... Is Soong a... Uh... Oh, here it is. Was Noonien Soong's name inspired by Khan Noonien Soong? That was my question. Oh, Sing. It's not Sing. It's not... Oh, Noonien. Well, they are related. Are they? Like, they end up like... They are related? Did I just make that up? Is that up? non-canon? I'm thinking of uh, Enterprise, when Brent Spiner was on Enterprise playing a uh, descendant of Soong. Yeah. Although I guess it's not a descendant, it's a progenitor to Soong. Right? During World War II, Gene Roddenberry had a friend named Kim Noonien Singh. After the war, Kim disappeared and Gene used his name for some of the characters. Khan Noonien Singh... And Harry Kim. Song. Song. Um, I don't see anything else here. Um, but don't they... Uh, this is, I don't... I fucking get really sad when you do this to me. Because then I have to like look things up. Otherwise people will yell at me. Will they? Uh, yeah. They'll write in with their fucking things and... Uh, Arik I'm Soong. interested. Arik Soong. Arik. Uh-huh. Okay. Is who? Is the pregenitor to... Uh, to eugenics? To uh, fucking... Khan? Noonien. So, there you go. Is his father? What do you mean? Uh, it hoped that to show that genetic engineered humans would not necessarily become tyrants like Khan, Noonien, Singh. I don't think there's any relationship except for the fact that Noon... Noonien... Right? We just sound like crazy people looking this up for a podcast. That Who asked that question? You? I did. Why did you bring this up? I'm interested. Noonien Wang, Noonien Sung, Noonien, Noonien, Noonien. Are you reading any of this? Am I I'm reading the same thing you're stuff, reading? Maybe. Because I, don't. I think I'm looking at a different I, site. I, Interestingly, one of the Superman children made mention of rumors of the ship Botany Bay and Khan, but Ark Sung dismissed it as not being true. That's in Star Trek Enterprise. Right. So you you think he was they're in related Enter- Sung was because in prison for crossing the line when he was on the project for genetic Superman. Yeah. The same as Khan. The episodes also have Ark Sung's children, not his little children, but a cute group of cr- kids he raised that were Genetic You're Superman. reading plots to Enterprise, so, which but is that going would imply, beyond what we're doing. Right, but that would imply that that Khan was one of his creations, but not his actual genetic heir. And therefore he took part of his name? Or it's a middle name at some point in the I late 90s? This, this, I, this, I think, is a legit Look, thing. Here's just the thing. throw it out the to our fan base. The eugenics on, war yeah. happened in the 90s. We all remember it. You know, we all remember that tyrant, Soong, who 
Singh, who ruled the world. Right. It was tough. You know, it was, we all lived through it. Yeah. But that was the late 90s for you. The Botany Bay. Remember when <laughs> we said that? The late 90s? Yes. It was the 90s. Wow. So, uh, uh, here's my thing right now. Good. I literally could not care less. Oh, really? I find it interesting. If there's a tangential connection between Khan and Dr. Singh. Soong, now you got me doing it. I feel like a crazy person. It's Khan Noonien Singh and Noonien Sung. It's weird that they would choose those names for two of the most major characters in Star Trek lore. Whatevs. You think that Noonien Sung is the one of the most major characters in Star Trek? All right. He's Data's father. No, no, no. He's hang not on, nothing. Hang on. I just want to explore that, Andy. Tell yes. me about him. He's Why is he one of the most major? He's Data's him, father. He him, created we Data. Him, we, see him, we see him twice. <laughs> he's, you, can't, you can't deny that. You know what? You're right, though, because we see Khan twice. You can't deny that you don't refer to him, that he's not referred to a lot. Uh, I cannot deny that. You're By correct. name, he very is, similar to is. Khan Noonien Singh. It's the Noonien, and it's the Su, and it's the Ng. But, like, you just read the thing that said that... Our, did, did you type in the words, are Khan and Dr. Sung related? Yes, you, and it turns into a long post where everybody says different things. So it's not written anywhere that they are, correct? Not that I can see. Then it is not the at case. I bet you somebody will say different. Who? I don't know. Someone listening. <sighs> boy, oh boy. If you know different, please write in so that Andy can finally be satisfied with some anonymous emailer's explanation of a thing that has no basis in actual fact. It's all through a Dr. Eric Sung, but I don't know. One more year and then you'll be happy, but you're crying, you're crying now. If this doesn't get me in a good mood again, <laughs> why not? Nothing will. Oh, it does. I see. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Andy, they're probably related at some point. Can't wait for someone to write in and tell us. Is there an alternate universe where oh, you have a yeah. bunch of uh, saxes on your wall instead of guitars? <laughs> First instrument I learned how to play was saxophone. Really? Yeah, I played alto sax. That, which is exactly this instrument. Could not be a nerdier image. Super cool look right now. <laughs> I just, in case you're wondering, everyone, I just shimmied at uh, what? What happened? Oh my god! What happened? Eleven a.m. start tomorrow. That's for the other show. I'm on the spinoff now. Andy's on the Enterprise. Not only do I have to run it, I not only have to be there at ten a.m., but I have to rewrite my own script with a room. It's going to be a you have you gotten no such email yet? Oh, I can't imagine. Fields he was planning to initiate. The quarantine field was already operating. Under normal circumstances, we could divert that field energy and use it to cancel the force field protecting the bridge. But we have to retain the medical quarantine. Determine the absolute minimum field energy Dr. Crusher needs. Three nine volt batteries. Use the rest to get me onto my bridge. Oh, I'll do that. <laughs> this is very strange. I don't care about these kids. I'm skipping it. Computer, restore There's a long scene station. in the middle of this crisis. The activation of command function overrides requires... What do you think their thinking clearance. was? 
What a boring B plot. They needed a thing, right? I don't know why they wouldn't put like Troy in Jeopardy or something. Like, why not so put one of our main cast members yeah. in Jeopardy? Why not have them get a similar parasite on an away mission? We don't see. We come in halfway into it, just and it picks up the same way. Why do we need the practical joke? Oh, the episode's called Brothers. I'll go. Oh yeah. So <laughs> I'll dumb. show myself Everyone out. It's going to be tight. Let's hope he didn't take us too They don't usually tie the B-plot to the A-plot to that degree. We don't usually have a, a steady hand like Rick Berman at the helm. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Not about Rick Berman. Well, that's it to my clearance, though. sir. Computer, Choice. this is Captain Picard. Return all command functions to the stations. Alpha 2 clearance recognized. Please enter security code. Security code. I just, I just said it with my voice. I was afraid of something like this. Why are you yelling it at me? I'm right behind Sensors you. Sensors are operative. <laughs> well... At least that's something. What have you got? No fix on data, but I am picking up a single life form on the surface, sir. It appears human. That's a human that has the answers to a lot of questions. Something else. What is it? A small vessel. Entering orbit. I detect no life forms aboard, sir. I like that lore and data were roughly equidistant. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's pre-programming too. Never stray this far away. Patting his mm, head. Good. <laughs> good, good, Seems good. Keep it up. Kind of messed up that he's doing <laughs> Old Tom Handy swore you'd never master that. <laughs> hey, Data, Data, wh- wh- whistle for me. Alright, that's enough. Sit down. Sit I like that touch. Ah. The alright? Uh, well, I like that he says that, but I like that he was just like, just, oh, oh, whistle. You probably learned to whistle and be human like, oh, you didn't do that. Oh, Beautiful. Beautiful. Because that happens you know, in the pilot. I've been able to Remember, keep Matt? track mm-hmm. of you from time to time. You've become something of a celebrity in cybernetic circles. Uh, they talk yeah. about you all over the forums. There's one post asking if you're related to Khan. <laughs> Why Starfleet? Sir? I gave you the ability to choose whatever you wanted. To do whatever you wanted. To dance a magic dance. Why Starfleet? It was Starfleet officers who rescued me. Oh. So you decided to emulate your emancipators, huh? How disappointing. What choice of vocation would have met with your approval, sir? Well, I often hoped you might become a scientist. Perhaps even a cyberneticist. To follow in your footsteps, as it were. I see nothing wrong with that. May I ask you... Now would be a good time to mention the fact that you created a daughter. Anything you like. Oh, okay, I guess not. Why did you create me? You have bigger questions ahead of you. Why does a painter paint? Do you mean a house, sir? Why does a boxer box? To earn money. You know what Michelangelo used to say? That the sculptures he made were already there before he started, hidden in the marble. 
What a dummy. That's not how it works, Data. I'm a scientist. I've devoted my life to this. He actually carved them. You see, they weren't already in there. Michelangelo's stupid. That's what I'm saying, Data. Sir, are you going to get to my question or not? I don't remember your question. Another thing, this Donatello character. That's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, they're all actually named after Renaissance artists. I don't that have that Splinter's in my... Splinter's thing. I don't have that in my memory. Well, bank. look, underneath all these dinosaur toys, I've kept all these Ninja Turtles. Ooh. Why does he have these dinosaur toys? Better That's than better inexplicable. Than, better than given to the child at the end. Very strange. The do was... Remove the unneeded bits. Wasn't quite that easy with you, Data. But the need to... I worked really hard to remove your unneeded bit. ...was no different than Michelangelo's need. Well. And, uh... This continuity... Does it only run one way? Backwards? To the past? I suppose it is a factor in the human desire to procreate. Oh. So you believe... Have you heard of the human desire to procreate and then you hear uh, y'all ready for this lights go off and sure. uh, a bunch of red solo cups come out and uh, it's a party they're procreating they could have used a little <laughs> bit of an energy fix like that in the middle <laughs> I mean it's crazy I did skip a minute and a half of the speech yeah that having children it's a great humans a sense it's an impressive performance that he's playing off of himself it really doesn't bump me at all that it's the same guy like it doesn't even occur to me I agree even uh, when Lore shows up as your act break looks like we have ourselves a family reunion act break get it Data (laughs) I'm gonna send you back with this Joe Piscopo program I implore you do not reactivate him don't be ridiculous, Data. Lore is far from the maniacal android you've made him out to be. I guess Data, all like Lore, isn't allowed to stop him. But then, how come Lore is able to kill him later? Oh, I think that I think that what's happening here is it's the same thing. Data had to be activated like that too. Uh huh. So I think they're programmed to go back to Sung, sit in that chair, and he'll put them back into normal phase. But I think he's about to say, "Don't worry, he has to do what I say." But how how come he's allowed to kill him then? He just doesn't tell him to stop. Don't kill me. I think it's because he's an OCP officer, you know. And then only when he's fired can RoboCop do anything about it. <laughs> I don't know what part of RoboCop that's a reference to. That's the directive. That's oh, that's right. Directive. You're oh, fired, and then at the end. Dick, goes, you're fired. Right. What a great moment. Oh, come on, Andy. Sorry. Ronnie Cox. Ronnie Cox is great. Great, 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 great TNG guest star coming up. He's dead. Ronnie In Cox. In any case, he'll obey me. He always did. Doesn't so say that he just, has to. Is that a theory? He just says he did. So weird. I what also a, think what it's arrogance. Like, why not listen to data? Yeah. He seems to know what's happening. Yeah. Why guess, not also remember the time you had to disassemble him? I guess Noonie and Sung is supposed to be kind of a whack job. Well, is it a whack job or is it uh, hubris? Just ego? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, that's a, that's you. You couldn't deal with him. I can deal with him. Right. Yeah, I guess that adds up. He did make two guys that look exactly like him. Mm, yep. But he admitted to an alliance with the crystal entity. To gain its favor, he betrayed the colonists. And would have betrayed the Enterprise as well had I not... Shh! 
However, Matthew. Yes, Andrew. If he's just assuming that lore doesn't have to. Assuming? <laughs> oh I'm going to beam us both out. <laughs> if, uh, oh my God. If he's just assuming that, uh, that, that lore has to do what he says. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know whether you're laughing at your dumb, dumb no, joke or my repeat. No, your sadness of me <laughs> saying that. Like, there's like a line we just crossed and we found it. Um, um, then doesn't the same thing not hold true of Data? And couldn't Data stop him now and go, I'm sorry, I'm not going to let you do that because that motherfucker is evil? Sorry to those people with kids. I think that Data also is trying to listen to his father in a weird way. Oh, he's like trying to respect his elder. Right, yeah. Seems One dumb. more. That should do it. You shouldn't have been able to stop him and hold so, him back. Yeah, I know. You're still alive. I'm surprised you woke me. Why didn't you just take me apart again and be done with it? That is why the two of you captured me, isn't it? Data had nothing to do with this lore. And nobody captured you. In fact, we're Not all exactly being played by is. the same person. <laughs> yeah. Look, let you me see? take my makeup off. Both of your brains contain a simple homing device. Data's was activated purposefully. Yours, well, until you walked through that door, I had no idea you'd ever been reassembled. No thanks to you. But thanks to you, dear brother, I spent nearly two years drifting in space. Who do you think would win in a fist fight? Between Lore and Data? Yeah. I feel like Data's more cold and calculating, even though Lore is more evil. You know, we never really get to see two T-800s going after it. You know what I mean? It's always like a T-800 and a T-1000. It's so true. It'd be much more fun. I bet we do with some of the newer ones. Well, I mean, there's a little bit of it in in Genesis. Mm -hmm. Certainly have in video games. Guys, I I have a long history of talking about Terminator on podcasts about other television shows. So bear with me. I love Terminator. Terminator is one of the greatest movies of all time. The first Terminator is better. I disagree. Thousand percent better. Disagree. It's not a thousand percent better, but it's a hundred percent better, certainly. Look at John Connor's performance in that movie, and you tell me that it's better. Hasta la vista, baby. Do better than that. Me, I can't, but I'm a terrible actor. Hasta la vista, baby. He's saying it as a 13 year old kid. He's like, if you want to shine him on, it's hasta la vista, baby. Thumbs up at the end. Whose thumbs up? The Terminator. Anyone to John? Yeah, the Terminator. Well, look, he's a learning computer. Ugh. I, you know, I there's a there's a couple of concepts in Genesis I fucking love. Mm-hmm. The idea of a Terminator being sent back to childhood Sarah Connor to protect her is fucking awesome. Have the you? fact that he aged, and the fact that they have him fight Terminator from Terminator One that, at, that's at the amazing. Observatory. That is just amazing. Have you watched Sarah, the Sarah Connor Chronicles? No, thank you. It's good. real good. I've heard that. I think there might be a Battlestar guy that worked on that. Oh, no. Here he goes. This guy's always trying to have excuses to watch things. If it hadn't been for a fortunate encounter with a pack-led trade ship, I'd still be out there. I wonder what he did to the packlets who look for things, things to make them go. Like, he must have really fucked them over real bad. 
No alternative. That is, that is interesting. You would have destroyed the Enterprise. I wonder what he did. Well, since I seem to be an uninvited guest at your little party, I'll leave you with your beloved son and be on my way. Hmm. By the way, I fully believe that this fictional character yes. would have just left. Lore. Yeah. Had... Doesn't he Had know? Doctor Sung been like, not been like, no, I'm dying. But You're not dying. Blah, blah blah blah. And then the emotion ship stuff comes out. He doesn't know about the emotion ship at this point. I think he's literally like, fuck you, I'm out. You mean even if he said I'm dying? Lord. No, no, he does say I'm dying, and that's what gets him back in. As I know. A I'm asking teenager. you if you're saying that he would have left in your mind, even if he said, even though he says I'm dying. No, no, that's what brings him back in. I understand that that's what happens in the television show. What do you? What is your point? My point is, I think had he not said this, I think had had Sung not tried to stop him, I really think that Lore would have been gone. Yeah, but he's walking out. That's what the television show is telling us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're always like worried that Lore is going to like really have this other B plan in his head where he's going to do something mean. Oh no, yeah, I think he's done. Yeah, yeah. Why can't we agree on anything? I, I feel like you have to be angry about it. Now you know how I feel Sir, all the time. You'll have no chance to ask them later. You see, I'm dying. <laughs> then he like pulls out the whole like I'm gonna be Alex P. Keaton in that episode where it's just me. Yes. Who said that? You said that, right? I did. That's uh, ex- you're exactly right. Hey, my name is Alex. Hi. It's uh. From what, sir? This is this lore reaction is. Wait a minute! What is this? What do you mean you're dying? You look fine. It's weird. You're not that old. You, you look fine. What is this? Some kind of a trick? I wish it were. But I still have my hair. So if he has that kind of emotion. He does, yeah. Data has too much. I mean, if lore, lore has, has too that much kind of emotion, if yeah. lore has that kind of emotion, then wouldn't he be even more enraged at the betrayal that happened? What betrayal? I don't know. Wasn't he instrumental in lore being disassembled? Maybe he processed it on the Packled ship. Maybe there was a Packled, Packled, Packled Troy. He's worked through his father disassembling him. You are smart. Your father loves you. We oh. look for things. Thanks, Packleds. You're welcome. You've really helped me work through this. You're welcome. <laughs> there was. There's he a, is smart and strong. There's a Deanna Troy Packled. Yes. <laughs> I look for feelings. Feelings to make resolve. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> would have left a trace imprint, but he beamed out. Sure, everybody does. So what would be involved in pulling that trace and finding a way to make the computer think someone else is data? Maybe a few... That's a good idea, Riker. Someone else's. We'd have to access the transport controller, reset it to a testing mode, convince it that it's still back in school, accepting simulated inputs. That's not going to be easy without the main computer. I better go downstairs and make out with it. network a few Oops. tricorders together. Try, Miss LaForge. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Now's my chance. <laughs> <laughs> it won't remember any of the weird things I did up till now because I'm resetting you it. did what you had to do. What kind of an answer is that? The only one I can give you. You were not functioning properly. Lord told me the colonists envied him because you made him so completely human. 
I wouldn't exactly have used the word envious, Data. Disassembled me. You took me apart. Lore also told me that the colonists petitioned you to replace him with a less perfect android. Ah. I mean, there is some interesting brotherly trope that, it's that like they play out here. He goes to, oh, I really the like it. The last thing you should think of yourself as, Data, is less perfect. The two of you are virtually identical, except for a bit of programming. It was a lie. Another lie. Would have proven myself worthy to you if you'd just given me a chance. But it was easier just to turn your back and build your precious data. You were the first. You meant as much to me as data ever did. But you were unstable. The colonists were not envious of you. They were afraid of you. You were unstable. I am not less perfect than Lore. It's really funny. Why didn't you just fix me? It was within your power to fix me. It wasn't as easy as that. The next, the next logical step was to construct data I'm kind afterward. Of... I plan to get back to you to, this to is, fix you. This is bullshit. I'm I'm on Lore's side here. He's basically saying I could fix you, but I kind of wanted to get a good one done first, so I made data, and then I figured I'd circle back. I'd to circle be back. sure that he could fix him. Right? Isn't he like trying to like improve uh, upon Lore? Yeah, I guess you can and make then go back argument. and go like, well, what I've learned from making data is that I need to do this with you, Lore. Uh huh. Just yeah, a thought. Right. Just a thought. As I mean, if there the, are any other cyberneticists out there who want to write in and tell us what they would do, don't. Future parent Matt is taking the parent side Pickle already. Step. I'm on Lore's I side. I am not less perfect than Lore. I am not less perfect than Lore. Enough. That is awesome. That Brent Spiner does his voice and then he mocks his Sit own read. <laughs> it's great. And then he's sort of pre-decided. All right, I'm going to deliver this line this way, and then I'll make fun of it this way. It's really fine acting. All these years, I've been plagued by what went wrong with all of your complexities, Lore. Your nuances, basic emotions seemed almost simple by comparison. Hey, are you standing because you're tired? Your legs legs falling asleep? Oh, no. Guys, this is hour 50 of this episode. Seems very long. But the emotion. <laughs> it's turn. not. This episode will be less than an hour and a half, probably. Is that true? Yeah. What You're the, welcome. What, the F? what is happening? The fact that we did 50 minutes before. Oh, this episode. Yes. Oh, well, yeah. Twisted. Well, there you go. Became entangled with ambition. Lore. If I had known you were no longer sitting in pieces on some distant shelf. If I had known that, that I could simply press a button and bring you here, I would have spent those years trying to make things right for you as well. But all I knew of was data. So I worked long and hard. And now I believe I've succeeded. This. This. This is why I've brought you here, Data. Basic emotions. Simple feelings, Data. Your feelings. I've imagined how hard it's been for you 
living amongst beings so moved by emotion. I don't have to imagine. I know how hard it's been. You'd be surprised, Data. Feelings do funny things. You may even learn to understand your evil brother. <laughs> to forgive him. We will be more alike, Data. You and I, you'll see. Kind of looks. I'm happy kind, for you. That that line delivery is kind of reminded me of you and I are more alike than you would think, Captain. When uh, naked now. <laughs> In your sincerity, look. I kind of making the same face. All about that. Oh. Perhaps with this, you'll learn to be more trusting, Data. But I'm tired, and 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 we need to telephone in the fact that he replaces you. Must sleep. Your brother. I'm tired. Right. They tell me they've managed more than a little sleight of hand with their authorization codes. They can insert them into the recall loop? The computer should think all three of us are data. I just hope we don't all beam back looking like data. Unnecessary bust on data. Whatever you say, sir. Ugh, the worst thing I can imagine is beaming back looking like data. But when... Riker thinks This has also been in as transporter technology. That it's you're fooling the computer into thinking you're data and then, yeah, and then come out he okay. he thinks that you'll come out looking like data so when, what if we just beamed out three days does this dispute nacho's uh, perspective Look, on transport it seems like nacho has done a lot more reading than i will one <laughs> energize disengage <laughs> what no they didn't finish we didn't get to see them betrayed <laughs> often wrong soon it's a very sloppy rhyme. So where is Jada in this one? Off, turned off, and in the corner. I see. This doesn't work. That's so where does he think that... That lore is? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Sleeping? Yeah. He's in the sleep. sleep. Often Rong's got a broken heart. Can't even tell his boys apart. Lore. <laughs> well, 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 well. You're not as feeble as I thought you were. This won't work. Those circuits, they, they weren't designed for you. Where's Data? Where's Data? You didn't fill Data with substandard parts, did you, old man? Ah, oh, that honor was bestowed upon me. You owe me, old man. Not him. Me. It wasn't meant for you. You're not listening to me. It must be removed. <laughs> nice try, often wrong. He should have programmed some sort of uh, reverse Winter Soldier code. 100%. Nice try. <sighs> I don't know exactly what it's doing, but it's doing something. I didn't know you were alive. If I had... <laughs> Self-defense. Does he try and hit him first? Yeah, he grabs him, touches him. <laughs> this That's... guy is in a great stunt double acting mode right there. <laughs> um, what does Lore want it? He just wants what he's given to Data. It's a little bit thin. Lore wants the perfected emotion chip. Yeah, but so he's already he got emotions. Yeah, but his emotions are wild. That's a huge leap of logic that he thinks that, that putting in another emotions chip is going to fix Make his emotions. Make him even keeled. 
That doesn't matter. It's also sense. a huge leak of logic that that they're androids <laughs> that are walking around. <laughs> well, that's the biggest leap. Uh, but like another leap to think that he wouldn't be able to tell them apart when he opened them up. Yeah. Said I'm unstuck. Well, he said they're identical in every way except for some programming. Mm, that's true. Oh, test tubes. Yeah. Dinosaurs. And books. Here. This place is full of dinosaurs. I'm going to take these back to the ship. I believe it is Data who does so. It's all right. Dwarfed over there. Take it easy. What thematically this, is the relevance of the dinosaurs? This is Dr. Nunyan's song. Evolution. Uh, it's impossible. But wait a minute. Dinosaurs dead. aren't part of the evolutionary chain with humans. No, but dinosaurs evolved and turned into birds. I wish I could apologize to each of you individually. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, look, it's the gate. What's happening here? <laughs> he's and got it. FYI, he's got it right in his iTunes, ready to go. It's, you know, one of the great... Do you, when you drive onto the Sony lot every time, do you listen to it? Even though it should be the Universal lot. I don't ever go in a fancy gate. I go in one of the back gates. <laughs> So you anyway. play Terminator then? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, guys. Have you gone on the They new- do travel in hurts. They do. <laughs> Have you gone on the uh, the new ride? It has not opened yet. I'm a little bit scared of the new ride. The, the old ride was just scary enough for me. Oh, really? That kind of thing gets you going? Matt and I, one of our early dates... We were with many celebrities, including Daisy Ridley, for some strange reason. That is true. Who was sitting right behind us, and our, our uh, we our... got stuck on the Jurassic Park ride in uh, Universal Hall- Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, and we, I think we, I mean, it really got picked up just because Kumail and Emily were on the boat, also, and Kumail was tweeting about it, and then I was tweeting about it, and that right. was when Twitter used to be fun. Remember when Twitter was fun? I mean, it's always the same thing for me. I never was there at the peak. I was only uh, there on the downslope. Twitter was super fun at one point. We just had fun, made jokes. Things were great. I think I have it on my Instagram if you want to find it. It's at Andrew Secunda. No, it was like an Instagram story. It was in the news. It was I know. One of those Instagram moments. I was shocked. Look at this stuff. And you were like, man, if I hang out with Matt Myra, I'll get in the news and hang out with Dizzy Ridley. And then I was like, yeah, but I don't really go out much. Yep. <laughs> that was so the last hard. time it happened. <laughs> I found something. <laughs> Is this something? It looks like a data. What if it was lore? That would be the ultimate switcheroo. Yeah. Yeah, how come he's not afraid it's lore? Oh, lore's you gone. You telling me what's going on here? He surprised me. Commander. What has happened here? Seems like that. That would suggest Doctor. that Lore would Doctor win Sun. in a face-off because Data so did not I... think to keep an eye on his evil brother at all moments. Or Data went to lay down to get some shut-eye. <laughs> so, <laughs> they don't need sleep. I couldn't tell you apart. <laughs> there was only one chip. I tried to tell him, 
right? I couldn't. I wanted to. I couldn't build another one. Oh, sorry. Tried to tell who. I handmade the chip. And, Damn uh, it, Data! What's going on? I left no schematics. He was inadvertently summoned here by the same signal, which you activated my home circuitry. On my Etsy store. It seems that after nearly two years in interstellar space, he was. Mr. Data, there's a very sick little boy on board the Enterprise. Is not getting any better. We're dead in the water until you get us out of here. It's all right. Access your third nested memory file and execute instruction 5155. That will clear your memory block. I was unaware of having caused any inconvenience, sir. This should be him immediately freaking out. Going up to the yeah. going up to the ship, putting everything back, and then walking into the brig. <laughs> <laughs> that's how, honestly how data should have handled. Yeah, that's true. I Dr. broke every protocol. Still, yeah, you need to get to sick bay, <laughs> young man. I've lived here a long time. I have no plans to die anywhere else. But sir, our medical facility may go, be able to go, 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 data, go, go with your friends. <laughs> go with your friends. <laughs> may I say goodbye to Doctor Sung, sir? There's a boy that's dying? Alone, sir. Um, I mean, you did try to take over the ship, but... Yeah, sure. Yeah. Everything's fine now. It might be lore, but eh. Everybody dies, Data. <laughs> well, almost everybody. Do you believe that we are, in some way, alike, sir? In many ways, I'd like to believe. Then it is all right for you to die. Because I will remain alive. I must suffocate you now. What data? <laughs> you know that I cannot grieve for you, sir. Data, execute, no, execute. Oh, oh shit, it was 5154. No I gave him the kill me file. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye, Data. Goodbye. Father. It's interesting he doesn't say goodbye, son. I guess he's a pragmatist. Captain's log, Stardate 44091.1. We have been at Starbase 416 for three days. Young Willie Potts is responding well to treatment and has been returned to the Enterprise. The transfer went... Meanwhile, Data is a monster. <laughs> We're trying to figure out he what to do. Before you get off of it, uh, Willie Potts was played by Adam Ryan. He's the kid that's in the Little Glass Box. and uh, I'd watch that movie, Little Glass Box. And uh, he, um, he was in Next Generation... And uh, was in a bunch of stuff, including Stepfather 3, The Rescuers Down Under as a voice. And then his career was over four years later. It was only four-year career as an actor. And then later, in the uh, from 96 to 2000, he was a writer in Norway. I'd love to know what that journey was. Don't wonder these things out loud. Okay. He might contact you. <laughs> But he's out of the Does woods. that turned out badly for you? <laughs> I don't know. 
had time to beam down and get these dinosaurs. It very nearly could have killed this boy, but... I see your gift to the low received. Yes, sir. The boys appear to have reconciled their differences. Although I believe one to be evil. Brothers forgive. Ugh. Even even Patrick Stewart is like, really? (laughs) (laughs) It does look like... Take a picture of that. This is the fucking... This is the fucking... (laughs) This is what we're going out on. (laughs) I'm going to get a picture of this. It is hilarious. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm sorry. It's it's over here. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Um, Yeah, that is, that is some heavy-handed writing, my friend. He never breaks that look either. I always feel like he wrote those lines first, then he's like, oh, but the other plot doesn't have to do with brothers. Mm -hmm. If I have to go back, I wonder if I should have. Maybe does does Riker have a brother? No, no, no. If Patrick Stewart ever really does, we just did that episode, though. That Boy, it would have made a lot more again. sense yeah, to just do saved. that. Wait a minute. What if I just invent two child characters and have a completely pointless subplot about one of them having uh, a disease? Uh, I don't know, Rick. That sounds pretty stupid. I'm Rick Berman. <laughs> oh, you uh, must do what I say. <laughs> okay. Okay, Rick. The old man's gone. <laughs> oh, no. The great bird of the galaxy can't help you now. I'm that bird. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. <laughs> so there you go, everybody. That is Brothers. Andy, brothers always forgive. <laughs> brothers always forgive. Matt, Andy, Matt. it's time to give it some action with some NBCs. Oh, hang on, that doesn't really work together. Oh, I was thought we were gonna try it, see what happened. Well, it's the NBC, yeah, the NBC. Only Matt and Andy know who it's gonna be. Will it be Data, Riker, Troy, or Dr. Crusher? If you don't like who they pick, just remember that this podcast is free. Spent a lot of time talking about O'Brien in this one. We sure did. I wonder if O'Brien's ever been to Baker Street in London. He's got this dream I, bet I do gotta say, yeah. For all of our hitting on her, or hammering on her rather, uh, Beverly does save the kid. It's a rare save by Beverly Crusher. Yeah. Um, and that is the really well. I guess there's a lot of other dangers. Chief O'Brien. Chief O'Brien. That, I mean, that's just my decision. I don't. You don't have to agree with me. I'm sorry that. I'm sorry that this. This uh, Jerry Rafferty song's playing. I have in the a background. counter argument for you, Matt. Well, hang on. Why don't you wait for this? Uh, not the sax solo. Continue. Um, Chief O'Brien, some masterful strategizing, but none of that strategizing stops Data from doing anything. Did make him aware of what was happening, though. could just play forever and I'd be happy as shit. Uh, I am just delighted by this. They, won't hear they don't hear this. No, they don't hear Nothing. <laughs> Andy is uh, filming us listening to this while we podcast. And I don't know that you can hear it. I'm not sure that microphone's picking that up. Anyway, 
So you're saying that it's Crusher? Well, who else would it be? Data is only a problem. Data's a problem and the solution. Thanks to file 5155. Maybe file 5155 is the MVC. (laughs) Um... I'm gonna give it to Crusher. Crusher did her job. You're giving it to Crusher. Yeah. Split vote. Okay. I'm giving it to Chief O'Brien. I think that is a. By the way, if Chief O'Brien couldn't mask the code to make the computer think that it was data that was beaming down, then they wouldn't have gotten to data. Well, that's also a reasonable argument. So whatever. Enjoy your Crusher, Crusher. The Andes. Or some other method of ranking. We're working on it. I enjoyed this. I know it's a crazy one. It is wacky. And the it, subplot it's sucks. seemingly a two-act situation, right? To me, yeah. it is, anyway. Um, I really like the first act of this show, of this episode. I mean, minus I... Minus the cold open. As with most of the times that somebody tries to take over the Enterprise, I don't like all of the, the, the mechanics of it. But I liked a lot of it, and I like that Data's just going from thing to thing. And I like that he's basically invincible. And, uh... I would have liked to have... I feel like they do a lot, a little bit of protocol, and that's why I like the the O'Brien stuff of, well, we got to do this. We'll head him off this way, whatever. I feel like if you're doing that, there could have been more fun them working as a team in an effective way, and they just can't beat Data. I feel like it doesn't quite reach that level. Hmm. Um, But uh, I was... uh, it's, It's in retrospect, it's a very hammy performance, but I really like the performance by Data. In each of the characters, it's Hammy, it's Hammy Laura, and it's a Hammy Noonie and Soong. But I enjoy them, and he definitely did a masterful job playing to not himself in every scene. Like you, I do not sense the the seams of that double acting. Um, that being said, the B plot is terrible, so I'm going to give it a seven and a half. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Wow! I did not. See- see that coming at all yeah that's amazing i really enjoyed it four and a half for me whoa yeah subpar but with enough enough interesting stuff happening to move it from a zero to a four and a half i'm trying to think what my other seven and a halfs are i wish i had that list in front of me boy if if only only there was some way (laughs) 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 brad errington is slamming his head against a wall somewhere i hate us too brad me too. He's What's slamming his the, head against uh, a door shield. <laughs> that was a fun bit. Do we, we want to take it down to a seven? I don't. You can do whatever you need to, Andy. It's your ranking. What, why you go so low, Matt? I don't like this episode. It's just something you about didn't enjoy it. Yeah, I guess that's it, really, right? No, like, yeah. Then that's a legitimate score if that's what you say. It's too much. Nothing. You know why I like it? Mm. And I don't know if it's a seven and a half, but you know why I think I'm drawn to it? Is this is the kind of episode that are that is an answer to all of the questions I'm always asking. It has stuff about Data's past. It has interactions between Lore and Data and Nuni and Sung. It has sort of... It's just... it's It feels like it's one of those things where when I'm watching a series and I get to know characters and I get to know some of the backstory then I want it to pay off in some way. And I think this kind of does pay off in a satisfying way. I guess it sort of speaks to your desire to never, to always have questions answered. This is sort of a question-answering episode, right? This is for you like a, like a, 
it's almost like they paid attention when they were setting up all those questions in uh, Lost. That's exactly it. It doesn't have to be an answer to the question or a close-off of the plot. It just has to be a logical, satisfying progression of what you've built before to, to you know, a response to that somehow, yeah. storytelling-wise. And I feel like this episode is that for me. Well, I feel like that that's good too, Andy. I feel like that I, you can like it, and I appreciate you liking it. And next week, you're in for an episode that I probably haven't seen since it aired. Yeah. Here we go. Ready? Okay. We're looking up Suddenly Human. Mm-hmm. Uh, is our next episode of TNG. Okay. And here we go. Trailer. Uh, not the trailer, not the trailer, not the trailer. Not the trailer, not the trailer. I guess I'll type in trailer <laughs> and get it. Send it to you because Matthew Kirk sends it. To, I can play it. Oh, I didn't know Matthew Kirk did that, but here it is. All right, I have it. Well, now I have it. Next time on Star Trek: The Next Generation, a shocking secret torments an orphan child. Injuries so severe they might be considered torture. Only Captain Picard can protect him from a violent father. If he is not aboard the Khmer in five minutes! Threats could lead to war. Vengeance could end in tragedy. On the next exciting episode of Star Trek, The Next Generation. (laughs) Terrible directing. So are you now surprised, having seen the trailer, Yes. are you surprised I may have seen it once? Only once is what you're saying. You know. Not at all. That I mean, one, that looks like it's a trash. Boy, fire. that looks like a pile of garbage. <laughs> I'm very interested in watching it because I literally have very little recollection of it, except that I thought this was the one where like Picard's thought he had a son or something like that. I don't know. Mm. Weird, weird, weird memory of this episode. Uh, okay, so everybody, that is that. Andy, Matt, guess what we have to do right now? Beam our poor crew off the ship into space we could do that but first we have to say a big thank you to the members oh gosh i completely of the united God, federation terrible. of planets president circle who uh the same day this has come out uh have access to the episode of the patreon bonus episode where we talk about 2008's iron man which i forgot how much i liked Jesus, it's eleven. It's eleven ten. That means I got to start watching Iron Man now. This is how much we're doing for you guys. You have to start watching Iron Man right now. I haven't. Oh, watched you haven't it. watched we're it. Doing we're doing it, it tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> you dummy! Well, I haven't had time. I told you to do it last night. I ha- I was doing other things. Like what? What was I doing last night? I think I was working. I was working on pitches. Come on, man! You so, got to stop trying to have a career. <laughs> You gotta do this free podcast. Other things I'm trying to do. All right. Well, uh, Andy, you gotta watch Iron Man. Yeah. And if you forget to watch Iron Man, I will not be super happy. But whatever. Here we go. There we go. I didn't know he was going to do that. I mean, I'm we just didn't go through the Admirals Club and so I thought he was going to do a psych-to-psych transport. Oh, yeah, wow, that was weird. 
Thank God we found this other hole. That's not a door. <laughs> I guess there should be a connection from the corridor right uh, in. Andy, it's just these people right here. Okay. Right down to there. So a big thank you to our President Circle members. Here we go. Ian Buckley, thank you. Christopher Malkowski, thank you. Sean Russell, what a what a what a great guy. Kamal Abul Hussun. Welcome uh, to Luke Morgan Rowe. Diane M. Martin, oh thanks. Oh my god, Diane, you are too kind. Robin Larson, thank you. Katya Woolishin. Oh, hey, it's Sky Wilson, everybody. Adam Zed, thank Ooh, you very much, sir. The Z. Do you think he's uh, Adam Z and he just wrote Zed because he's British? And they don't ever say Z, they just say Zed. Zed means Z? Z, yeah. It's not zero. Uh, Jeffrey D. Hansen. Hey, Jeffrey. Lieutenant, thanks so much. Lieutenant Kelly Newman, you're doing a great job. Oh, and there he is, rounding it up. Command Master Sergeant Robert Garrison. Oh, guys, if you want your shout-out, all you have to do is join the President's Circle. If you joined in the month of September, you'll be getting your shout-outs in the month of October. So that's coming. Be ready for that. And uh, Andy, it's time for you and I to beam the listeners into the dead of space. <laughs> such a dark way to end the podcast. I'm so sorry. This is what's happening out there in space right now. Oh, now it sounds like we're at a really cool Jerry Rafferty concert. A really cool one, Andy. still listening yeah definitely you think so without question you think it's just because like they're in their cars right now and they don't feel like touching anything no i think people they're walking along i think street, people are always like, hoping or always hoping for bonus tracks thinking we come back yeah this is and a, they were rewarded this time <laughs> not very much but they're rewarded at least a little bit look this is a hidden track that is going to make some people out there say <laughs> secunda <laughs> interesting buckle up bananas oh boy long story short the podcast is over take care guys disengage